welcome to another episode of the Mad Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Begley, Goni, and Wayne. What is up, Mad Mob? We are back with the highly anticipated second episode of the Bust, Lock, and Dark Horse series coming at you with the NFC and AFC East this episode. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. Doing Excited. well. Ready to get into it. Glad to be back. Probably probably my favorite series that we do. Uh, self-explanatory. Don't don't read too much into it, Mad Mob. A bust is not – we're not saying that they're going to be garbage. We're just saying that other people might jump in this year. A lock is we think they're going to return value maybe slightly better. And a dark horse is a guy that we think can can jump up into from whether it be, you know, not draftable to flex play or flex play to number one at their position. It's good times. Good analytics, as always. Goni, do you want to kick us off with the NFC East? Yeah, why not? Uh, I guess we can start here. Do you want to go locks first? You pick, man. Sure. You pick. All right, I'll just uh, come out of the gate then, and I'll I'll do the lock. Uh, I took Darren Waller as my NFC lock this year. He's currently being drafted in the sixth round as the tight end seven. I know there's not a love for tight ends. Um, some people just punt on them all together. I feel like he's a guy that if you like to take him in the mid rounds, he's coming into a receiving group that includes Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, and Darius Slate. He's easily the most accomplished pass catcher on this team. Uh, I mean, he's still got juice. He's still got size. The injuries have been a problem for him over the last couple of years. He's missed 14 games over the last two seasons. The offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, has experience with the offense running through the tight end position in Kansas City. Everyone knows who Travis Kelsey is. This is who Darren Waller is going to be working under. I feel like he's going, going to be the number one featured pass catcher in the offense i wouldn't be surprised if he finished tops and targets top two i think is a lock for that um you know he got overshadowed by Devonte adams last year he didn't really have a great year Devonte eight he again missed some games with injury and uh, i just don't think you can really do too much better I, I think he's my lock because he is tight end seven i think he can return top five maybe top four at the position this year I'm not a fan of Waller on this one, God. I, I, I didn't really love the pick. Waller, I think he's on his way out of the league, but I agree with you. It's a skeleton crew in New York, so he has as good a shot as anybody else. Yeah, they don't they don't throw a whole lot of touchdowns. Daniel Jones had 15 last year, so it's PPR volume. I'm looking for PPR volume out of him. Yeah, and I mean, I guess another thing going is the Saquon issues that they have. Uh, they might need to get the passing game going a little bit, and Daniel Jones just is not that dude that uh, he he's probably going to be dumping off a little bit. Not a, not a bad pick, not a bad pick. I don't hate it. Who are we taking? Who's going next? Beggs is going with his lock. Oh wow! I'm going to go my NFC lock. It's Antonio Gibson. ADP of 93. I'm not sure what 
running back he is. A lot of people are fading Antonio Gibson. He finished 27 last year, but he was coming off an RB1 finish the year before that. He's a good player, man. I mean, this guy is an uber athlete. I'm excited about Eric Bieniemy being added to Washington's coaching staff. We saw what he did with Jarek McKinnon last year. I'm hoping some of that magic flows over to Washington. You know, I see a lot of people fading him because of Brian Robinson. He really wasn't good last year. Average under four yards a carry. Only had 12 targets in the passing game. Two touchdowns. Not really high on Brian Robinson. He doesn't really scare me. I like Antonio Gibson in a PPR offense. Um, plus, you know, he he's done it before. Um, pro football focus grades. Washington's offensive line is the 27th best in the league. It's a horrible off- offensive line. I expect Sam Howe to be pressured. I'm hoping uh, Gibson can get some of the check down love. Plus, we know for some reason he fell out of Ron Rivera's graces last year, but Ron, Ron Rivera makes running backs work in fantasy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get Antonio Gibson. And lastly, it's a contract year. Always oh, got to play for a little something extra. Just to go with what you're saying, I've vetted it. Also, he was the running back 33 coming off the board right now in fantasy drafts. I don't hate it. I definitely see your logic in. We don't know what we're getting out of Sam Howell. I'm still surprised Sam Howell is the guy that's going to be taking the snaps to start the season. I felt like Taylor Heineke probably could have done the same or, or better if they held on to him. Um, yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know. If they're they're behind in, in passing situations, we could see a lot of PPR work out of him. He's a super athlete, and I just don't know how he fell out of favor with Ron Rivera. He was so good his first two years. I know, man. Not- I couldn't tell you. Just get him the ball on a screen pass and get, get out of the way. Yeah, it's hard for me to bet on bet on Gibson because as inefficient as Brian Robinson might have been, he came straight in and took his job. So, I mean, it, it you're just really praying that there's checkdowns, and that's honestly what we were praying for last year uh, and didn't get, you know, I don't think he took his job. Gibson was better last year by really any metric you want to look at. Brian Robinson came in and took his job, period. He came he in and jumped him in the second. depth chart. That's just a he fact. Took the first and second down work. I don't care about that in fantasy. In PPR, I want the pass catcher. Again, you know, 58 targets last year for Antonio Gibson. How many Does receptions? 46. Does does enemy I, I think it's worth a ten percent jump up in targets with enemy alone. Again, you saw what he did to Jerry McKinnon last year. And I think Antonio Gibson's infinitely more, more talented than Jerry McKinnon is. Yeah, it's a bad offense. It's a bad offense, a bad line. I know I know your your logic between a bad line is he's gonna have to dump it off, but my logic with a bad line is he's gonna be pressured that it's not gonna matter. They're not going to be able to get the run game going. It's just, it's that offense is going to be a mess, in my opinion. You're right. I hope they don't get the run game going because then they got to throw, and that's when Gibson's in the field. <laughs> well, fair. He, I mean, they, they let JD McKissick go. He's by himself. I mean, he is the third down back on the roster. It's Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez, which, as you know, Wayne, he ain't catching anything. No. Wayne loves C-Rod. Wayne loves him. 
C-Rod's great, man. He did good for us. Go Cats. Go Cats, baby. Yeah. Benny Snell 2.0. All right. You hush your mouth. My lock. <laughs> Hang on, Wayne. Let me offer you a doing. I'll take Gibson. You take Brown Robinson. For fantasy sure. finish? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go. Hey, we got ourselves a doink here. Let's go. That one's a lock for me. Well, going Brown on. Robinson is 43. Would you like to state your opinion? Uh, I'm probably going to go on the Brian Robinson side of this one. I've always curse. I'd have uh I'd rather have the first and second down guy, the goal line guy. The few times they get down there during the season, I think I'd rather have the goal line guy. It's going to be a horrible offense. They're not going to score. Give me the goal line back. Yes. I love it. Hey man. First and second down and goal line work. How many how many 50 yarders do you see Antonio Gibson breaking this year? 50 yarders? You know, it's going to have to be like a longer touchdown. I just wanted to pass 20. Line. Catch a lot of how passes. Many, how many 20 plus? 20 plus. How many touchdowns does he score in general? I wonder. He outscored Brian Robinson last year. The touchdowns, by the way. He did. He did. Just catch the ball. You talk about That's his awful. hiatus that was when he got year. shot in the butt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> got him. <laughs> he was healthy. He's fine. All right, moving on to a better have, have lock. Have at it, Wayne. My NFC East lock is Tony Pollard, ADP 24, RB9. Green grass, blue sky, bags eaten during a podcast, and Cowboy running backs being RB1s. I looked up this little stat. The Cowboys have produced a running back one every single year for over a decade, dating back to DeMarco Murray years. McFadden even took over for a year between Murray and Zeke, and he even produced an RB one year. I just, there's no, this offense sets up the passing game with the running backs perfectly. It it just, it's a beautiful, beautiful symphony of volume and big play potential because defenses have to respect both the run and the pass. Their offensive line is healthy. And Tony Pollard produced an RB one finish with Zeke behind him and Zeke, was an RB two, so it's not like it was some some trash dude that was that was behind him. Tony Pollard's way too talented to break the drought the drought of Dallas RB ones in fantasy. Uh, the fact that he's a back end running back one it, to me is it, him returning value as a back end running back one is the lockiest of locks. I couldn't agree anymore. Plus, he's only playing on the tag. He's playing for money. I love Tony Pollard. And I think he only got like 200 carries last year. It's Super efficient. Go up. Yeah, he's going to get the passing work. He was explosive last year. He looked phenomenal. Are you worried at all, Beggs, as the resident Cowboys fan around here? Are you worried about Zach Martin? He is. Uh, he's been pretty unhappy recently, and he he hasn't. He said he might skip camp because he feels he's grossly underpaid compared to the rest of the guards around the league. He is. I mean, no, I, I agree, hundred percent. He is, but you think he holds out or anything, or or, or any, you know, what do you foresee? I think he gets paid. I think there's a reason we've had an RB one every year. 
in Dallas. We've had a great offensive line for a, a, de- a decade, and we continue to draft new ones every year. I, I, I think they take care of them. I think they would not pay Pollard in lieu of paying Zach Martin, for sure. They I also have to pay CD and, and Diggs this year. Well, they're open for extension. Diggs is already open? That's, I thought this was that's what I read, for, yeah. Wow. This is third year. I think it's because he didn't sign a rookie deal. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't a first-rounder, so he doesn't have that five-year kind yeah. of jammy. I mean, you got to pay those guys. Got to do it. Boys, I'm going to jump into the, the bust, the NFC bust. I went with a guy that I and I'm sure 90% of the fantasy community loved last year and just kind of let you down. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, running back. Philadelphia Eagles currently being drafted in the back of the fifth round at the RB 21 spots. The Lions traded him to the Eagles for a fourth and seventh round pick right after they took Jameer Gibbs. He was expendable, which he kind of looked expendable once he came back. He all kinds of injuries last year. We saw Jamal Williams blow up. He got himself a contract with Saints. Still a great athlete, but he had, he hasn't played an entire season for his, his whole career yet. Three years, hasn't made it through the gauntlet. Um, he gained a lot of his fantasy points last year on the back of receiving work. He had 70 targets, 48 receptions. I don't see him getting 70 targets again this year. I'm kind of projecting Penny to be, you know, the first and second down back, him more of the receiving back on third downs. The Eagles are 23rd in pass attempts last year. And Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell only saw 55 combined targets from Jalen Hurts. Not a shot. He's getting to that 70 target mark. Um, like I said, think he fills the Gainwell role this year. Penny gets the goal line and first and second down. Even if Swift, by some miracle chance, does happen to get some goal line work, you have to worry about Jalen Hurts. Scored 13 rushing touchdowns last year. Had him on the team. It was beautiful to see. The QB sneak was the most unstoppable thing since Tom Brady was running it for the Patriots and the Bucks. Uh, so, I mean, those things factored in his injury usage, or I'm sorry, his injury history, the usage, the crowded backfields is why Swift is going to be my bust. I think he falls out of the top 24, and that is, gives him a negative return on investment for the draft capital you, you have to spend to get him. I agree. I mean, RB21, I mean, looking at your roster, if D Swift is your RB2, you're not angry about it, but it is a super sketchy. You, you know week to week that it's it's you don't know if you're getting 5 points or if you're getting 25 points. Um and I'm with you. Yeah, he's going to a better offensive line. Um but I just you know, it's 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 a team with that has their game plan, and it really doesn't heavily involve passing work for the running back. So, so I agree. I don't. I think if he returned RB twenty one value, you're extremely happy. I, it, it, there's this. I feel like there's a guy in every draft that you really pray the guy in front of you drafting. So you don't have to have have the decision. Dude, Swift is that guy, bro. If I'm at the end of the fourth round or even at the beginning of the fifth and he's there, you know, it's like, daggone, I got to take him, but I don't want to. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's if you're hurting for a running back. But even so, man, looking at it, it just as far as ADP goes, a couple guys behind him that I'd rather take, Cam Akers, James Conner. I'd rather have both of those guys over over Swift this year. Hollywood Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, Christian Kirk. I, it's just, I don't know. I don't think he returns the value for where you're getting him. There's There's less risky players with similar or better reward. I completely agree. So if my NFC bust, and I'm annoyed because I feel like Gone strategically did this and went in this order, I'm going to take Brandon Cooks as my NFC bust. Right now, his ADP is 84, getting drafted in the eighth round. You know, Dallas let Kellen Moore go. They hired Brian Schottenheimer as our offensive coordinator, which the last time he was in the NFL, he was Seattle's offensive coordinator when he refused to let Rust throw the ball 20 times a game. Pete Carroll fired him, unlocked Russ, unlocked Geno Smith. He likes to run the ball. This year at the Combine, Mike McCarthy, on you know, has a quote, I want to run the damn ball. We're a running team. We're going to run the ball. We went from a top 10 early pass down rate in 2021 to a bottom 10 in 2022. We want to get the ball on the ground. That's why I love the Tony Pollard pick by Wayne. We went and drafted Luke Schoonmaker in the second round out of Michigan. He's a pure receiving tight end. We've got Peyton Hendershot. We have Jake Ferguson on the roster. Michael Gallup is still here. Cooks projects to play outside with Gallup with CD in the slot. A lot of weapons in Dallas. A lot of footballs to go around. I just don't think he gives you the upside that I want in round eight. I want guys who have a chance to be good. I'd rather have Juju, Kadarius Tony. I'd rather have Zay Flowers over Brandon Cooks. I see they have higher ceilings. I know everybody likes Cooks' floor. Is a thousand-yard season. You know what wide receiver twenty? He doesn't get there in Dallas this year. He's going to be a field stretcher, and that and that's it, in my opinion. Gone. I'll just talk on this foreshadowing because I know you're about to do a lot of talking on it. Um, so I'll just give my. I'll just give my opinion on Beggs, and then I'll pass up for you. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm more inclined to agree with a bust year, just because Dak a he's he's inaccurate. B he throws to CD early, often, and pretty much every time. C they got more receiving tight ends, and they're planning on running it a lot more. Michael Gallup as the WR2 just never did anything. So it's hard for me to think that, that they're going to slide in a number, another WR2 and he's going to be amazing. So, so that's where I'm at. A uh, little foreshadowing. We'll skip, we'll skip Goni's opinion on this. He'll, he'll give it soon. Uh, my NFC East bust is Terry McLaurin, ADP 49 wide receiver 21. It's not necessarily hit on scary Terry, uh, more so the quarterback and the young guys coming up behind him. Sam Howell, you just have no idea what he's going to do. I'm not too optimistic in him. Uh, I just think the commanders take more of a run-heavy approach this year, uh, utilizing Gibson and Brian Robinson a lot more. Um, and then when they don't, they have Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson that are definitely going to command a higher target share this year. Um, I personally think Jahan Dotson could be in line for a breakout season this year. Um all that being said, Terry was a wide receiver 21, so I looked at the wide receivers ranked worse than him in this year's ADP. 
uh, and that included Drake London, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Hollywood, Iuke, Mike Williams. I, I'm personally taking all those guys over Terry McLaurin this year, um, which is lead me to, to think he's going to be a pretty good bust candidate. I mean, it's the Sam Howell's care too, man. You know, um, I, I agree. I think the offense is going to struggle as a whole. Gibson is the only piece really I want. I, I do like John Dotson for, for the value though. Man, it's it's hard for me to to get on board with this one, man, just because Terry McLaurin just does it every single year. He's he's this will be his fifth year in the league. Just starting from when he was a rookie, he finished 29th, 20th, 25th, 14th. So I feel like 21's not terrible. He's never had a good quarterback ever. Mm-hmm. Not never. Never. And he, he still gets it done. He's just he's just not like sexy or appealing by any means. He he kind of just plugs away. He does his own thing. He doesn't have monster games, but he's consistent. This I I agree completely. And and again, that's why I said at the beginning that this is not a hit on Scary Terry. This is yeah. just Sam yeah. Howell. I think Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel get more. But just some of the names that do you take Deontay Johnson this year or Terry McLaurin? Do you take Hollywood Brown, Terry McLaurin? Hollywood for sure. Drake London, yeah. Mike Williams, or Terry McLaurin. These are Drake. all guys whose ADP is further back. So I'm not saying – I'm just saying that all those guys are going to do better mm-hmm. than him. I'm not saying that Terry McLaurin is is going to suck for you. I think he's going to be in starting lineups. I just see him more as a mid-tier flex play as opposed to a back-end wide receiver two play. I, you know, Wayne, to, to put another feather in the cap, you know, he's a volume guy, right? I mean, he's a 130-target-a-year guy. If you think John Dotson, you know, and, and Curtis Samuel, if they stay healthy, they eat into that that, that target pool, Definitely. I agree with you. Definitely. Curtis Samuel's not that dude, though. He's never been that dude. He's a gadget player. D- Dotson, I'm, I'm with you 100% on Dotson. If it's anyone that's going to take the work from him, I think it's Dotson. Uh, you know, Rivera brought in. We'll see Samuel what De'Ami Brown does too. Panthers. You never know. Yeah, the same as Dwayne Eskridge when he came out in the same draft for the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I like it. I like it though. I, I see your your logic behind it. All right, let's let's get into the dark horse because I know that Goni's Goni's chomping at the bit. Time to get into it with Begs here. Going polar opposite of where he's at. He took his bust as Brandon Cooks. He's my NFC dark horse. As as Beg said, drafted in the eighth round as the wide receiver 41. He's slotting into the number two role with the Cowboys. They were middle of the pack in passing last year. I know you're saying that they want to get more to the run game. They ran the ball a lot last year. Zeke, as bad as and inefficient as he was, they gave him the ball a lot. Tony Pollard, I don't think Tony Pollard's a 20-carry-a-game kind of guy. Then you got what Malik Davis and whose other dude? Uh, his son. His son joined the team. Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. That's right. I mean, they might get some work. I I just don't see Tony Pollard as a twenty carry a guy game. A game guy. Rather. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on. Um, I, I'd say like more like fifteen, and then some passing work. Maybe maybe four or five receptions, something like that. Back to Brandon Cooks. Dalton Schultz is gone. Take some of the targets away. Zeke is gone. Take some of the targets away. Gallup's been a non-factor in this offense 
for his entire life. He had one good season. Everyone's been looking for him to get back to it since that year. And the hype has died. It died years ago. He's just not good. All he does is run streaks down the field. Doesn't do anything with it. Doesn't beat anyone. Doesn't gain separation. Brandon Cooks, man, he's done it for four different teams. He's posted 1,000-yard seasons twice over the last three years with the Texans, with Davis Mills throwing in the ball. He has six 1,000-yard seasons in his last eight of his career. Like I said, four different teams, still gets down the field. There's over 100 vacated targets in the offense from all those guys. I expect him to eat into CD's target share a little bit. CD was at 27.6% target share last year. It's monstrous. That's Devontae Adams' numbers. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But it's a great offense. Great offense. think he can get to a back-end wide receiver, too. He's definitely not finishing as a wide receiver 41. He's moving up there. And, uh, I mean, he's being drafted around Pickens, Burks, Addison, and Dotson. I'd rather have Brandon Cooks over all those guys. <clears throat> I mean, he's turning 30, right? And I, I just don't think you can project what he did historically on, onto what he's going to do this year. I mean, when you look at those 1,000-yard seasons, his lowest target count was 114 targets. He's not going to get that in Dallas. He's going to have to be hyper-efficient. Can he be hyper-efficient at the age of 30, pretty much being a field stretcher? I mean, he realistically is probably the third option on this team. He's not. That's not really what he's been in his career. I mean, so if you take that 114 targets that you just that you just mentioned, I mean, we've got over 100 vacated targets just from just from last year. The guys that are gone, they got to go somewhere. They were, I think it was 19th, maybe 16th, something like that, in pass attempts. So middle middle of the pack. They don't even like really throw that much, and there's still that many targets out there. The CD comes down to about 25 percent. He gets some. 114 targets right there. All right. Let's There's put, other guys going to be 30. Stephon Diggs is going to be 30 years old, and he's no one's you know talking about his lack of production coming into this season. Different game though. Different game. But let's take let's take a friendly wager on it. You know, due to sure. the nature of the show, mm-hmm. like Wayne alluded to, our dark horse, our players that we project to have a chance to significantly outperform their ADP. Right. What What do you think is his ceiling? And I'll doink whatever number you say. So he's at wide receiver 41. I think his ceiling I think I think he could be a top 30. I think he'd be okay. a top 30 for sure. All right. Go ahead. High end wide receiver three, top. So 25 to 30 range. All right. Let's doink it. Throw it on the ledger. Okay. I hope so. If, if if he's a wide receiver 25, we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. Dude, I, and that's another reason why I think they brought him in. I really do because the Cowboys were a very good team last year, but all you had was CeeDee Lamb. If you had anyone worth anything at the wide receiver wide receiver two spot to take some off him, they'd be uh, an immensely better team. I I totally agree with you. I totally agree. I think I think a part of my a part of this too, man, is I'm a little jaded by Dak. I think that plays into my blind blindness, you know. I've I've been burned by hope too many times. Wayne, you and all the other Cowboys fans across America and the world. I'm not I'm not in the business of really um, 
drilling down into somebody's dark horse pick because at the end of the day, that's that's a hot take pick. Um, and and you feel how you feel on it. You know, I, I can't I can't dog you on how you feel about a dark horse. That being said, when you were saying that you know he got a CD got a twenty four percent target share last year, twenty seven twenty seven percent. I think he does it again, man. And if he doesn't, I think it's a marginal difference because that's that's Dak's guy. That's that's who he goes for. He's he's been known to just hyper target a receiver ever since he's been there. And on top of that, he's inaccurate, and I stand by that. Uh, I I think Brandon Cooks is turning into. You know what Deshaun Jackson turned into in the latter part of his career, just a just a speedster that stretches the field, um, and and he'll do that. But I don't think he's going to really do it to his benefit. I think he's going to stretch the field to CD's benefit. Honestly, um, I think he's going to be there to utilize to to open the field up more for CD personally. Um, I don't see him getting a hundred targets this year. I think he's more in the 90 range, and I think maybe only 60 of them will be catchable. You know, so so that's that's kind of why I'm fading him a little bit. I I think his ADP is accurate. Personally, I don't. I wouldn't say he's going to be any worse than a wide receiver 40, but you know, I think I think a top end flex is is a little too rich for my blood on him, but. Like I said, it's a dark horse. It's a hot take, you know, and I could definitely see where you're coming from, that if they actually utilize him as he should be utilized, then, yeah, I mean, he could definitely do good. For sure. My NFC dark horse, Wondell Robinson, ADP of 209, which somebody do math for me. What round is that? That's way back there, bro. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about ultimate risk-reward dark horse here. Look, he was drafted in the second round last year by New York. He was kind of drafted before everybody thought he would be. New York got their guy. Who's his competition? I mean, as as Goni has already alluded to with the Darren Waller uh, uh, talk earlier, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodgins, and Jalen Hyatt, the, the, the rookie this year. I think Wanda Robinson's got as good a chance as anybody to be the wide receiver one on this team. He's got the draft capital. In his four games last year, where he had over 25% snap share, he saw 26 targets, which is just a little over six a game. In one game, he had 13 targets. In another, he had eight. If he can stay healthy, he's got juice. We saw it at Kentucky. Uh, he played very well against SEC competition all year. And again, at his ADP, what's the risk, man? You could have a wide receiver one. Yeah, you're not kidding. That's a guy that you could literally probably take after the draft is over, even. But, I mean, if you're throwing out picks, usually I'll go kicker and defense with my last two. Wondell Robinson, man, he could he could definitely turn into something. Or he can get Denzel mims He can get mims That's right. Yeah. But I think his saving grace is he's in the slot. I mean, Sterling Shepard, is that, that is competition for the slot? Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like the pick. There's really nowhere to go but up. Yeah, yeah. risk-reward is amazing when there's zero risk. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I mean, he's he's a pure athlete, you know, and that, that wide receiver one slot is wide open in in New York. So we'll see. I don't I, – I like it. 
My NFC East dark horse kind of plays a little bit off Goni's bust. Uh, my dark horse is Rashad Penny, ADP 102, RB 36. Uh, he's in a beautiful spot to give you immediate value, um, but he also has potential to return RB1 value. Uh, last year, DeAndre Swift got overtaken by Jamal Williams. Uh, some of it was due to injury, uh, but whenever he was healthy, Jamal Williams continued taking his his workload, and who says the injuries are going to stop? Um, I don't like to, to bank on injuries, though, so, so you know, we'll put it aside and, and jump into some analytics of it. DeAndre Swift played behind a top-10 offensive line last year, and he averaged 5.5 yards per carry, whereas Rashad Penny, before he got hurt, played behind the 30th-ranked offensive line and averaged 6.1 yards per carry. Rashad Penny was more efficient behind a far worse offensive line. Now they're both going to uh, – Rashad Penny is going to be behind arguably the best offensive line in the league. Uh, it's going to be – a the holes are going to be gaping for him when he's used to just sliding through crevasses in in Seattle. So, uh, you know, even if Swift stays healthy, I think Rashad Penny returns – top tier flex value back end RB2 but on top of that you know the way DeAndre Swift has been trending downward Rashad Penny could be he was that dude before before he got hurt and K-Dub took over um, I think that could happen again in in Philadelphia yeah this is just a matter of who gets hurt and who stays healthy honestly yeah pretty much we're, we're talking about two guys <laughs> Two guys that have some of the worst injury history ever, which, I mean, we don't ever want to say, you know, you don't want to bank on the injuries, but after a while, you know, these kind of mistakes and accidents become a trend. Mm -hmm. I think if, you know, Rashad Penny stays healthy, this is a team that runs the ball. They're top five in the league for rushing attempts. They love to run the ball. They're efficient with the passing. They don't pass a lot, but they're very efficient with the passing. Um there's going to be plenty of opportunities to get down to the goal line. There's going to be plenty of scoring opportunities for him. And yeah, I mean, he, he scorched the earth for the last six games of the season a couple of years ago. And that's really what put him on the map to get drafted. And I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Goni is Kenny Gainwell dead to you, my friend. At this point. Yeah. You're he's fighting for scraps, man. Deandre Swift is easily passing him up on the depth chart. Kenny Gainwell, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, he's he's he needs an injury to become relevant, and even if he's relevant, I don't see a lot happening. I agree. All right. Court is adjourned on that one. I guess we'll go to the AFC lock. Take it to the AFC side. Uh, mixed feelings on this. If you are a Longtime listener of the podcast, you'll know that I was <laughs> over the moon for one Gabe Davis last year. He was Gabe. my dude. He was my guy. I had to have him everywhere. I know a lot of the fantasy community was really high on him, along with a couple other players like Mike Williams. And I mean, frankly, he just he, he disappointed. He kind of disappointed. Mm -hmm. Not gonna lie. Finished as a wide receiver, thirty six. So I mean, it's not terrible, but. You're expecting him. You got him probably off the waiver wire if you're in a, a longstanding dynasty. You may have traded for him because he, he could have been cheap. But he's being drafted in the ninth round this year as the wide receiver 45. 
he's returning to the offense as the wide receiver too. He's probably still going to be a, a boomer bust type of player, but I kind of expect his volume to go up this year. He That's had 48 true. receptions on 93 targets. So his catch rate wasn't high by any means. He would just run down the field. Josh Allen would chuck it up. Sometimes he'd catch it. Sometimes he wouldn't. We saw, I think it was against the Steelers. He had like three receptions for like, I don't know, hundred and something yards. He had like the monster 90 plus yard touchdown and only caught two other balls after that. Uh, the Bills plan to put him in better positions to catch and run this year. This is something that came from the coaching staff. So we could see more volume, shorter passes this year instead of him just stretching the field every play. Guys around him that you, you're you looking at when you're staring him down in the draft. Quentin Johnston, rookie. Michael Thomas, ugh. Just, just plain ugh. I don't know. Juju and Zay Flowers. Give me the offense. Give me Josh Allen. Top five passing offense. I'd rather have him over all those guys. I think he's a lock to not only meet his ADP, but do better than wide receiver 45. I think he can easily be a, a mid-range wide receiver three this year. Um, we talked about this prior to the show. Um, but, I mean, I agree with your points, Gunn. I mean, you made a good point. I mean, what what reason do we have to think his volume goes down, right? I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it. I, I'm high on a few or on a particular Bills player we'll talk about later who I think can eat into that. But, I mean, they're going to throw the ball a lot. That's what they do. Ops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no – there's no – Nobody else breathing down his neck to take the WR2 spot. Highly successful offense. I don't think there's any way he finishes that far back. I think he's a solid flex play this year. I, I think, you know, we got to put the pass behind us. And we got to just look at look at the stats, look at who he's playing for, look at the depth chart, and and make the assumption that he's going to be better than a bench guy. And, and I agree with you. I, th- I think he's – I don't think he's – going to be great enough to make him a dark horse like wide receiver too but you're i agree you're definitely returning value on him as the wide receiver what 41 42 yeah yeah for sure yeah and we, he... we've seen this before go ahead I, no 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 I, I was just gonna say for i, I want to ask you both if he flops this year and his wide receiver 50 is he on the never draft ever again in my life list yeah for you dead all? to me Okay. He's if he is the wide receiver fifty this year, then the Bills absolutely draft someone or bring someone in to take his spot, guaranteed. Promise. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see it. I think he's going to be all right this year, and we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. My AFC lock, Brees Hall, ADP of twenty six. I, I don't understand why he slipped into the third round of drafts. I assume it's due to the ACL scare, possibly starting the season on the pup list. Maybe all indications right now suggest he's going to be ready w- week one. <clears throat> I mean, if I come away from a redraft with say a Jetta Amon Ra with Brees Hall as my RB one in the third round, I'm tickled, you know, seven games. He only played seven games last year at 80 carries. And 31 targets. So of all of his opportunities, almost half of them were targets. That's on pace for 75 targets for the year, which would have been akin to like Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, and Saquon range. 
PPR leagues, I like guys who can catch the ball in the backfield. Aaron Rodgers, 15th highest checkdown rate last season. And as we've seen with the players like Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers, the older you get, the more you check down. It's just how it goes. Um, you know, Aaron Jones last year saw a career high in targets with 72. And who's he really competing for out there? Zonovan Knight and Izzy Abanacanda are probably battling to not get cut. Michael Carter's RB2, who last year lost a lot of time because he can't pass block. Give, give me Brees. I'll take the chance. What's his ADP right now? Like, what running back is he off the board? Uh, that's a good question. I think it was 11. Let me just confirm that. Wayne may, uh, Wayne may know off the top of his head. That's fine. While you're checking that out, I mean, I'll, I'll go into it as well. I, I mean, I feel like a lot of this is the scare from the ACL. Usually, just historically, guys aren't – they don't return to form running back 10. Okay, so running back 10. Beggs, I mean, I could see him fall out of the top 12 this year. And, and there's a world where that happens to me. And I think that if it's going to happen to him, it's this year, just because as I was saying, historically guys aren't as explosive. The first year back from the ACL, you have a few exceptions throughout history, but what if they bring in Dalvin cook? Robert Sala was just saying it's hard to pass up on good players in reference to Dalvin cook. I know right now he is uh, the Vegas odds have him as the favorite to go to the Patriots. We still have Leonard Fournette out there. We still have Kareem Hunt. What if they bring in someone else? The scary yeah, you could say that about anybody, though. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. You know, I mean, I, 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 by the way, I think Dallas signs one of them, but I still think Tony Pollard's a top 12 guy, even if they do. So I, I think Brees is that kind of talent, man, personally. Yeah, I, I – all of my arguments are based on the state of the NFL at this second. Um, I think Brees is a safe back-end RB1 personally. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers coming in. Uh, he checks it. Old quarterbacks check down. That just happens. You know, even when Devontae Adams was there, um, Aaron Jones was still getting RB1 finishes. Um, Garrett Wilson is not as good as Devontae Adams, but I think he's going to get a lot of the passing work, a lot of the volume. Um, and I just I, th- I think Brees Hall is going to get another RB one, f- or will get an RB one finish, um, based solely off of Aaron Rodgers' checkdowns and and just a decent amount of volume, because I don't think they're just going to throw him into twenty carries a game off an ACL injury. I agree with you, um, but I think you know twelve to fifteen carries and five to ten targets a game can can definitely return a back end RB one. Goni. Josh Jacobs or Brees Hall? Brees Hall because Josh Josh Jacobs might not even play. Derrick Henry or Brees Hall? Ooh. Derrick Henry. Is it close? Not really. Jonathan Taylor or Brees Hall? (sighs) Jonathan Taylor. That one is very close. That one is like... I don't love it because of Anthony Richardson running the offense by any means. But, yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor. Saquon or Brees Hall? Assuming Saquon plays Saquon. Last one, Najee or Brees Hall? Najee. Okay. Najee. All right, moving into another high-profile running back, my AFC bust. Hang on, hang on. 
Wayne's got it. You mind if I do a lock? Oh, yeah. Hey, Wayne, you you want to do a lock, man? Thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Hey, take the floor. My AFC East lock is James Cook, ADP 88, running back 31. Uh, I kind of look at what Devin Singletary did last year as the number one back in Buffalo. He had a measly 178 carries, a mediocre 53 targets, a minimal five rushing touchdowns, completely average 4.6 yards per carry, and that was enough to get a running back 23 finish. Uh, I look at what James Cook did last year. He was more efficient in the passing game. He was more efficient on the ground, getting averaging a full yard more than Dev- Devin Singletary was was rushing per carry. Uh, and with no legit wide receiver two in Buffalo, uh, I think he could definitely – I mean, who's behind him? A, a declining Damian Harris? I, I just don't see – I don't see – how James Cook cut into Devin Singletary's work, I don't see Damian Harris cutting into James Cook's work. And with all those mediocre, with all that mediocre volume, the low touchdowns, the average uh, efficiency giving Devin Singletary an RB2 finish, I don't see James Cook finishing outside of RB2. So uh, now you're telling me that he's his, he's now a mid-tier flex? You, you're in my opinion, you're absolutely going to return at least mid-tier flex value. Go on, I'll let you take that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I think he beats that ADP, so I, I feel like it's a, it's a good lock. This, I mean, it's just a team. They don't really run the ball too, too much. Like you said, there weren't a lot of carries that went out last year with Singletary. Uh, they they run the ball last year at least it was the 19th most in the league so you're in the bottom half of it Damien Harris scares me a little bit just on the basis that they brought him in solely for short yardage and goal line work he scored 15 touchdowns with the Patriots two years ago kind of lost his job last year but uh, James Cook has the efficiency he can catch out of the backfield he he can do plenty of things so I like the pick personally because, yeah, that, that's a lock at that ADP, and he has upside to do better. All right, go. Who is your – who is this, bust or dark horse? Oh, I was going to move on to the AFC bust. Go ahead, my friend. It's for the team that I root for, the team that I love. He crushed it last year. Everyone's going against the grain. They want the Patriots running back. It's Ramondre Stevenson. He's currently going in the beginning of the third round as the RB10. Finished as the RB7 last year in PPR formats. And honestly, looking into it, his numbers weren't amazing by any means. He ran for just over 1,000 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. What really boosted him up into this territory, I mean, aside from the injuries that you have every year at the running back position, he had 89 targets and 69 receptions. That's a lot. That is a, it's a lot. It's the most since Tom Brady's been there for a running back. I think that changes this year. We see a significant drop in his targets. The Patriots are absolutely going to bring in another running back. They've been linked to everyone who doesn't have a job for the entire off season. As I said before, Dalvin cook is the Vegas favorite to get signed there. And on Wednesday, they worked out Leonard Fournette and Daryl Henderson. Someone is coming in. They're going to share the load. 
they're going to get some of the passing work. Ramondre is a first and second down back. I'm not sure they want to give him 300 carries. They just don't do that. They haven't done something like that since Corey Dillon way back when. Um, so, I mean, he's a bust. RB10, I think he finishes outside the top 12, and that's why he's my bust candidate. <clears throat> All right. My AFC bust, um, and I feel like I'm the villain this episode, man. Uh, James Cook. I am not a fan of James Cook. I won't be drafting him this year. Um, Wayne, I think, made a couple of valid points on my behalf. Running backs don't get volume. In Buffalo, <clears throat> they don't get a lot of carries. Running backs only saw 15% of the total targets in Buffalo last year. I don't see James Cook as being a ground and pound, you know, first and second down type of guy. So I think he's going to be dependent on getting a lot of the passing work. Josh Allen doesn't check down. He doesn't throw the ball to his running backs. Uh, He's bottom 10 in the league. Um, I I think there's a lot of projection based in his ADP. Uh, Right now he's around guys like David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Javonta Williams, and Antonio Gibson. I like all those guys better than James Cook personally. You know, last year, I'm a big fan of, of of guys who play their rookie season. His highest snap share was 43% last year. He didn't get on the field. He couldn't beat out Zach Moss or Devin Singletary to carve out any meaningful role. I think that's a pretty bad look on his profile. They paid Damian Harris a million dollars to play this year. They paid Latavius Murray a million dollars this year. They gave Naheem Hines a two-year deal last year in the trade for Zach Moss. I just don't see it, man. He put up 500 yards last year, played played every game, right? I mean, there's just a lot of projection in his ADP, and if, if that's what you think, great. Not a lot of volume out in Buffalo for running backs. Not a lot of volume in Buffalo, yet a less efficient Devin Singletary managed an RB2 finish, and now a more efficient James Cook. And he, he definitely did, beat out Zach Moss. How did he... And 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 you're giving you're talking about paying a million dollars. That's that's a skosh over league minimum. I mean, it's it's not a lot of money to pay a running back on a year. It's not like they're they're fiscally invested into them. They went out they went out and got Damian Harris on the market. Same for Latavius Murray, right? It's it's one of the more crowded running back rooms in the league by name at least, right? I know Latavius is getting old, like when he said Damian Harris. He ain't getting old. He's in his thirties. He was good last year in Denver. I, I I'm just saying. I understand Devin Singletary finished as as RB twenty three last year. I don't see I don't see James Cook getting the volume that Devin Singletary got. What volume? What do you mean with volume? I, I, what do you mean? What do I mean with volume? I don't. Devin Singletary didn't get good volume. 178 carries is not volume. 50% snap share all year last year. Devin snap- Singletary was about 50% snap share every game. I don't think James Cook is on the field as much as De- Devin Singletary was last year. You That's not th- his game. You don't think they're going to put James Cook on the field half the time? Why didn't they last year? Because Devin Singletary was their one. You you can't say Devin Singletary isn't isn't great, and then on the other hand say Devin Singletary was great enough to block their second round pick from seeing the field last year. He couldn't beat out Zach Moss to start the season. He did beat out. You Zach don't Moss, go though. sign Damian. Did he Harris. not beat out Zach Moss? I don't think he beat up. No, look at his snap share. 
He didn't get on the by field. the end of the what season. Other, that's the only evidence you need. Okay, where's Zach Moss right now? Zach Moss is an Indy, not in that Naheem Hines trade. That's that's there's my evidence. James Cook didn't get on the field even after Zach Moss left. James I'm, Cook I'm looking, was the most efficient running back at, in Buffalo. Then why didn't he play more? I couldn't tell you. Could it but, be but you know what? You want to know? He was efficient enough for them to say, see you, Devin Singletary. See you, Zach Moss. We're good with James Cook. He was hey, efficient enough for them to part ways with, with everybody else in the running back room. There were three running backs in Buffalo last year, and they decided to keep one. Right. They're not going to pay Devin Singletary the money that he got. It, it's the way the league trends. They went and got Damian Harris. They got Latavius Murray. They got cheap they guys. Got they, got, they went out and got cheap guys. They they needed Damian Harris. They needed what they got. Yeah, James Cook's five eleven. They got five eleven one ninety. Yeah, they got goal line backs. They got first and second down backs. They got they got bruisers who can run between the tackles. I'll tell you what. I tell you what. James Cook's ADP is thirty one. I think he finishes thirty one or better. Doink. Done. Book it. Book it. Book it. All right. Fair enough. That he just, I, I just don't see, I just don't see him getting on the field as much as as you think he's going to. Fifty percent, fifty percent snap share is not a lot. It's not tough to do. He couldn't do it last year. Uh, There's a reason. He wasn't because they had their number one. Bro, it, uh, Zeke got fifty percent snap share last year because he was the number one at the beginning of the year. And who's better? <laughs> who's better, Zeke or? or James Cook, who's better? G- Who runs? Time. Which team runs the ball more? Exactly. That's exactly. That, that's the other point. You're you're betting on a guy who couldn't get on the field his first year in the league. You're also betting on a team that doesn't use their running backs. They don't use their running backs, but they still manage to. It's at the end of the day, he's the RB one in Buffalo. Period. Period. He is the RB one on the depth chart. He is. What are you shaking your head for? He's the running back one in Buffalo right now. That's a fact. Mm. We'll see. No, no, no. That's a fact. We'll see. That's not an opinion thing. That's a 100% fact that he's the RB1. Give me an RB1 to at least return flex value. Okay. Any last words, Beggs? Someone will get the gloat at the end of the season. This will be someone will get the gloat. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. He, again, it's just a lot of projection. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's round it out with the dark horses. This one is a a spicy do you one. Mind if I go Hang through on, the list, like Johnny, do you mind if he gets to go? Oh down? man, I'm passing Wayne. Wayne, take the floor, man. man do you just want me to like leave or? No, 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 no. See, uh, <laughs> Beggs moved right on, so it kind of threw me off. I threw out Ramondre Stevenson and didn't get a peep out of anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I disagree with that, by the way. I'm a Ramondre Stevenson truther. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to that because I disagree, too. Can I get a doink against both of you right now? Uh, that he no, because well. I think... That he won't finish top 12, yes. If I, I'll make the doink on this condition. That Dalvin Cook, or that Dalvin Cook doesn't sign there. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. Well, that's that's baked into why I don't think that he he's the Vegas favorite. Okay, so you, so you, so your dark horse came with stipulations and what ifs. That's fair. His bust, his my dark bust. horse. Oh, your bust, my bust, your bust. 
your bus yeah, came with there, your, your bus came with what ifs and maybes. In. It's gonna happen. I'll throw a doink on it that we bring in another running back. The foregone conclusion. That's fine, but there's a difference between bringing in Dalvin Cook and bringing in Leonard Fournette. There's not. There's a big difference. Dalvin Cook will be way more utilized than Leonard Fournette. I, I so. if if you all sign Leonard Fournette, I still have Ramondre Stevenson on RB one. If you all bring in Dalvin Cook, I fade him back to a back end RB two. I mean, we'll see what happens, I guess, and then we'll throw the doinks where they may when we find out. Yep, I can't wait. We'll go to my bust, or is there, gentlemen? Unprecedented here for this series. I don't have an AFC East bust. I sat, I looked deeply at every single roster and could not come up with a single one. Uh, my strategy when I find my bust is is I take a dive into the analytics of the player that, that I think, eh, maybe they're not too good. Then I look at the ADP of players that are drafted later. Um, and if I take five to ten players with a lower ADP before said player, then it's a bust. I looked at Brees. I looked at Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Ramondre, and all of them, in my opinion, have reasonable ADPs that I agree with. I don't see, uh, on all of those guys, I didn't see two people behind them that I would take in front of them. Uh, to me, if I were to make an argument for one of them, which, at the end of the day, I can make an argument for anything. I can make an argument uh, that Patrick Mahomes could finish you know, QB4, QB5 this year. It's it, At the end of the day, it'll be an argument with a lot of holes in it. But I'm not just going to throw a dart and make a bust argument for a random guy just to have a bust and negatively affect you know how how somebody's going to draft. Um, it's just not worth it to me to have that kind of bust. I think the AFC East has a lot of. I think all of the the main fantasy guys in the AFC East have very reasonable ADPs in my opinion. I, I respect the approach and the honesty. I think it's I think it's fair, but Gone. Do you remember the good old days when people just did things the way they were supposed to do things? <laughs> things just worked how they were supposed to work. I'm not doing that, man. I'm not copping Sometimes out and just picking somebody. You, you know, uh, let, let me just let don't me find anyone you think is a bust, man. Let me preface this: we've been we've known this episode is coming for a week now, and I have I have absolutely dove into every AFC East roster, and and I'm I'm. All of them are fine with me. Aside from guys that I think are going to do better than their ADP, there was no guy that I was like, this dude's going to, this dude's trash. It just didn't happen. Jalen Waddle's going to be great this year. Tyreek Hill's going to be great this year. Brees Hall's going to return value, just just like you said. I Just like I disagree with Ramondre's bust, situ- his, his Ramondre bust, I think his ADP is fine at RB10. You know, I just, I'm, I'm not going to just pick a guy just to have him. Um, I'm definitely not going to make a habit of this, but but I'm also not just going to not going to make an argument for some random guy and that I don't truly believe is a bust. Like I said, I respect it, man. Just busting your nuggets a little bit. Let um, me let me ask both of you guys: If you're drafting today and you're staring down Ramondre Stevenson at the uh, he's at the 26 is his ADP, so third third round, second pick. Do you take him, Ramondre? If he's 
if if yeah, I go right now without receiver, yeah 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 with, I would. without knowing yeah you take him over Najee yeah T Higgins yeah, yeah. Devonta Smith yes yeah upside gone right. we've seen it we've seen his ceiling seen whose ceiling Ramondre Stevenson then isn't there nowhere to go but down if you've reached the ceiling if you've reached the peak why can't he reach a peak again because they're bringing someone else in man it was just him last year until i see it man all i have is what's in front of me bro you've seen it for the last 20 years aside from last year why does one year make a difference and then change everything you know about patriots running backs i tell you why they say DeAndre Hopkins did, didn't sign there because he didn't want to play for Belichick. They say Belichick's on the hot seat. I read an article the other day about it. Don't know if it's true or not. I swear I'm trying. Did you, did you read that on TheOnion.com? Bill Belichick's no, seat is, not is icy cold. That man's sitting in, in the throne of Antarctica. Do you do you not think that after he's everything he's done for the organization, Robert Kraft loves him, by the way. Why would Robert Kraft not want him to break the all-times win record as a Patriot. Hey, hey guys. I, I'll just send you the article. I mean, I didn't write it. I just said I, 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 I read it. There's multiple outlets reporting it, including the Dan Patrick show. I, it's, it's very out there. Just, you know, I'll send you the links. I, all I'm saying is I like Ramondre. I know what he can give me. I know what he's capable of, and – until I see something different, I think I'm going to get what I got last year. How, how how did their makeup change? What's different? They're bringing in a running back. Opportunities are going to go down. The variables in play. And again, this is all just speculation on my end. Uh, so this is just going into the bust. But I, I'm pretty adamant that he will not finish as a running back one. So I'm going to send you this it's fine, Manny. You could just send it. I'm I'm just going to delete it. What, delete what a, the text when you send it. What a dummy. This man literally has the blur background on trying to show us something. <laughs> what an idiot. You're so Brutal. dumb, man. Brutal. person I've ever oh, met. You literally have a filter on that's meant to blur everything but your face. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's true. <laughs> Hang on it. Can I get into the dark horses now or am I skipping anyone? Nah, man. No. Get into the dark horses while he tries to get that. All right, let's get it. New York Post over here. Anyways, my AFC Dark Horse this year is Jeff Wilson Jr. Probably not a a name that you're going to be hearing a lot. Running back for the Dolphins, currently being drafted as the RB53 in the 15th round. So basically your last pick. He's in Michael Gallup, suck range, kicker, DST territory. Uh, He's got juice, man. He's got juice. In weeks two to six last year, when Elijah Mitchell was injured, he averaged 11.6 points per game with San Fran, and that includes just a .5 stinker game in week six. CMC came in in week seven, and, you know, he's CMC, so obviously he took over as the number one role. He ends up going over to Miami. Mike McDaniel's the coach. He played under him for four years in San Fran. He loves Jeff Wilson. Convince the front office to send a fifth rounder for him. They acquire him week nine. Over the next three games, he averaged 16.7 points per game, had a 61% snap share. A hip injury kind of slowed him down for the rest of the season after that. And Raheem Mostert 
he got more work. He got more work. I'm not going to lie. But when Wilson did come back and he was healthy, he received 60% snap share in the remaining games. The re- they re-signed him this in this offseason. They gave him a two-year, $6 million deal, which doesn't sound like a lot, but almost all of it is guaranteed. They want him on the roster. Mostert hasn't played a full season since 2019. So with that, the contract, the snap share, and the talent, I think he's the 1A in this offense, and I think he can easily finish at least RB3 this year. You're talking about a 15th-round pick. Jeff Wilson's a dude. Wayne, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, again, I try and not make it a habit of of dog and dark horses. Um, RB51, you're saying he could be, what, RB36? Is that what you're projecting? RB53, think he could be top 36, yes. Mm, I don't know. Absolutely. I don't don't see it happening. Again, it's a dark horse. You're talking about a 15th-round guy. So, you know, I'm not going to pick it apart. I just think that that running back room is full to bursting. They just drafted a guy, uh, Raheem Mostert, in my opinion, is the 1A if there's a 1A, 1B. Um, and then it's they got two incredible running backs that they're going to utilize. Uh, Would it change your mind if I told you that he finished as the running back 30 last year? No, because he did he did a lot – he did a lot more last year and I don't think he's going to be utilized nearly as much. Again, it's a dark horse. We're talking about a 15th round pick. I I think he returns better than 53. I just I don't think he he's jumping up to a start to a to a sit and start flex play personally. Yeah, I I mean it's hard to bank on Raheem I agree with Wayne, but I also agree with you too, going see both sides because I don't want to bet on Raheem Mostert's health. I, I, you know, how impactful is A Chain going to be his first year, right? So who knows? Um, all right, moving on here. My AFC dark horse. It's a guy I love. This is my. This is he's going to be my Hollywood Brown this year. Um, I'm going to bet against history. Dalton Kincaid, ADP of 121. I say bet against history because historically rookie tight ends are boo-boo wall. But the catch with Dalton Kincaid, it's not a tight end. He's labeled as a tight end. He will be playing in the slot. He is actually, his college tape, he is a notoriously poor blocker. Um, he is a flanker. He'll play like the Mike Gusecki, Aaron Hernandez type type of player. Look, but Buffalo traded up into the first round to go get him. They paid Latavius Murray. They paid Damian Harris. I think they're going to run more two tight end sets. Tristan, McK- Tristan McKenzie, gone. Jameson Crowder, gone. It's Trent Sherfield right now is is the leading slot guy. And from what I've read, they project him to be more of a special teams ad. I think Dalton Kincaid is going to be on the field a lot on a team that throws the ball the ninth most in the league. I think there's a pretty good target share to be had plus in the tight end spot right you're looking for a positional advantage kind of like Taysom Hill was if you get a receiver labeled as a tight end in fantasy it's a huge win for you if he's actually utilized that way yeah that's true a lot of projection 
Yeah. If he is, I mean, then the sky's the limit. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't believe in, I can't believe in Buffalo tight ends or es- just rookie tight ends. Especially when they re-signed Dawson Knox to a four-year. And what I know you're, I know you're saying he's going to be a slot guy, not a tight end, but he's a tight end. Well, he's not a tight end. He's he's a slot guy. He, but he's I, a tight end. I mean, he's he's a he's, he's a tight end. He's a slot guy. But I, I'll say this: I'm, I'm I'm asking. I'm not being a smart aleck. You signed Dawson Knox to a four year deal, but you draft a tight end in the first round. What does that mean? I'm, I'm asking honestly. Two tight end sets. Or he's a slot guy. Can you name two tight ends over the last 15 years that have been drafted in the first round and kind of paid off right away? Cal Pitts? That's the one. That's why I said two. Because I can't. TJ Hawkinson didn't do it. Noah Fant didn't do it. OJ Howard didn't do it. OJ Howard didn't do it. There's there's a lot of guys. And this is, I mean, I know it's a completely different year, different drafts, like class and everything. Usually these stud tight ends are coming out like of the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. The first and, round guys, for some reason, man, don't don't pan. And he's And he wasn't even projected the top tight end in this class, which I know you can make an argument. Well, they saw something in him and went and got their guy. Fair, but I mean... I, I trust if it's either Bill Scouts versus every other analyst and scout out there, I'm I'm going to take the field. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, tight end fourteen, it doesn't take much to to improve on that. So, do I think he's going to finish better than tight end fourteen? Probably. But you know, like like Oni said, rookie rookie tight ends. We'll see. Bill Slot guy, go ahead, Wayne. Tied in. My AFC East, uh, Dark Horse. Guys, I don't have one. I thought, oh, I'm just kidding. Thanks. Calm guy, down, man. I didn't see a single player that I thought was worth anything. <laughs> All right. My Dark Horse is Juju Smith Schuster. His ADP is 99, wide receiver 44. Uh, obviously Juju is downgrading heavily at the quarterback position. Uh, so kind of when I looked at, at, at Juju as my, as my dark horse, I tried to break down, um, the stats uh, between Jacoby Myers and Juju. You know, what did Jacoby Myers do last year? How did he finish as a WR 28, um, on that same offense, because as we know, Jacoby Myers isn't there yet, so Juju is coming right in as the WR1 uh, with no competition. Um, yeah, Jacoby finished as a WR28, and he missed three games. Uh, so when I when I look at their stats, I'm looking at target separation, contested catch rate, drop rate. All of those were very marginal differences between Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I didn't look at catchable balls or anything like that. Again, I wanted to take the quarterback out of the equation and just look how they were doing as a receiver. Extremely marginal differences. Both of them even turned 27 in November this year. Um, so I'm not. There's no world where I fade Juju to a wide receiver 44. I mean, when you have their WR one who has very similar measurables, very similar stats who finishes 
who would have finished as a wide receiver one if he didn't miss any games, or a wide receiver two, sorry, if he didn't miss any games, why would I think that his replacement, who's very similar, would all of a sudden drop out into just a bench guy? I just, I, I don't see it. I, I see him also being a top-tier flex play. Yeah. I mean, Jacoby Myers was the favorite for Mac Jones. Let me just put it out there also. We we suck. We don't have any playmakers uh, on the Patriots. Juju was the best we could do. You we signed Devontae Parker, Hopkins. which... Yeah, what are we doing? Nothing. What are we... Do you want Mac Jones to develop at all? You, you re-signed Devontae Parker and bring in Juju? I think Juju can be good. I just really hope they use him in the in the slot role as the number one. Devontae Parker was an outside guy. Kendrick Bourne, who's listed as our three, he's just a burner. He's an outside guy as well. So I think if Juju is playing in the slot and gets, you know, the middle of the field work, I think he can be very good. I really do. I think he returns value on his his ADP, and I think he could beat it. Uh, I'm just frustrated that that was he was the best that we could do, and we missed out on D-Hop. Man, I like the pick, though. Yeah, you know Bill Belly. You know Bill Belly. Man. That's it. Uh, Goni, who are we going with? Where are we going next, man? We going south? Let's do the compass thing. We going, going clockwise? We did north, yep. east. We're going south um, with the best division in football, the NFC South. Go Bucks. <laughs> hey, yeah. don't, we'll, uh, don't worry. I we'll, will find a bust. <laughs> <laughs> then we got it. Uh, we got another Q and A coming for you guys shortly as well. Yeah, yeah. Back, back on the grind. Back on the grind. Uh, Mad Mop not picking bus just to pick them for MVP. Uh-huh.